Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Well, not exactly. Uh, it is uh, his stuntman, DOC, in for the coach. And didn't they, DD, uh, thank the coach who is under incredible demand. And with all the different coaching changes, movements, speculation, uh, it would not surprise me if the Harris group did not call him in for counseling. I mean, they've said they're going to leave a no stone unturned, right? Exactly. Well get an interview. I mean, if you're there. them, all kidding aside, if you're part of the Harris group and you're vetting people and you're going through, wouldn't you bring on the guy who has had a schedule, a mock schedule, also mock drafts, first round? I mean, what would you do? Give him an interview. I bring him down to go. the home in Miami. There you hang go. Hang out in for Miami. a couple hours. Exactly. Nice little interview. Exactly. So that's what I think. And and all it meant is that more romper room time for us. How lucky are we? You talk about a fired up sports for this. And again, this is not the answer to everything. But how lucky are we? I mean, just like. From a positive standpoint, bombs just bursting. I was like Fourth of July, two goats in one day. Two goats, come on! And listen, I'm a Pete Carroll guy. Like I really, really like what Pete's put together. He was clearly in his press conference. He was auditioning. He made it very clear. Love the Seahawks. Thank you for the opportunity. But I'm ready to rumble. And I've shown you what I can do. So I couldn't wait. I said, I I get this call. And um, actually, I don't know if these people are Secret Service or whatever, but the black limousine comes up the driveway, knock on the door, guy in a trench coat, cat. And, and I said, gave me this letter. Want to know, you know, Coach Sheehan has been called out. Would you be willing? I said, sure. Sure, count me in. And then I even get more involved in what's going on around the landscape. And I said, and you call me. I'm going, are you kidding me? All this is just, <laughs> it's just falling in our lap. And I go, wow, three hours. Maybe we can get the rooster to, um, if we need more time. I don't know if we can squeeze this in three, but we'll take a shot at it. So what say you? I think life was made very easy for us over the past couple of uh <laughs> couple of hours here because now Be- Belichick is gone as well. So you got Saban gone, you got Belichick gone, you got Pete Carroll Goats. gone. I think yeah. we can squeeze Rooston in the, in the final segment, maybe some crosstalk before he takes the uh, – Oh, the no, 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 no. Don't take anything away from his audience. He gets so upset. I mean, his audience. And today uh, – is that lunatic in with him today? No, I believe it's just him today. Oh, just him. Oh, okay. I didn't want to take anything away from – Lunell and um and their and their WWE performance. Oh, they got a new Windbag Wednesdays. That's right. Windbag Wednesdays that I heard. So let's start at the top. Um, were you surprised by any of this? And if so, what caught you off guard? I was surprised by the timing of Nick Saban. Obviously, you know I'm super plugged in. To uh, yeah, to college, college football, college our audience guy. knows that, right? So I'm, I, I live and breathe college football. I'd heard some rumors about you know Saban potentially walking away, but really, I, I didn't. I they weren't really based off of much, right? It was it was like very small things, like oh, you know, maybe. And a lot of it was because he was old. And I'm like, ah, yeah, this guy's yeah, probably going to coach so much forever. Fun this year, did you see him? Right, it was like the best year of his of his career coaching wise. Yeah. I thought they didn't win the championship. Yeah, I, I agree. Obviously. I agree. But he was great. 
So then just to have that information dropped, and initially when I saw it, I was like, all right, let me just check the Twitter account just to make sure it is the right Chris Lowe, because I know Chris Lowe, he's a great reporter at ESPN. I just need to make mm-hmm. sure it's the right Chris Lowe. You know, there's some fakes out there on the uh, on the social media sphere. I, I saw it was him, and I was like, holy uh, – I said some words you can't say on the radio, Doc, but I was like, oh, my God, like this is actually – this actually happened. No, no retirement tour, no, no parading around the SEC begging for gifts and, and adulation. It was just, hey – uh, it's a couple days after the national championship. I'm done. I'm a- I'm out of here. And I was heard, Doc. You know, I was told he actually wanted to do it Tuesday, but because there were some weather issues, not everybody from the team was able to be back on campus. He had a team meeting, told the team first, and, and then it was reported that he was gone. So I-, I was surprised by the timing of that. I I um I just wasn't expecting it. You know, I I didn't think Saban was actually going to retire. Yeah, and and is it a retirement or a reset? And um, guys got all the leverage going. There's and then the candidates and my. Um, I was thinking about Debo uh, down in Clemson, and it's ironic because his first year, I was doing the games, and so interviewing him for the very first time in the coaches. Uh, the broadcasters meeting and he got, you know, the story about Alabama and the whole thing, bear that just the whole lineage of it and how committed, I mean, this dude, he's a crimson tide. And he, what I love about him is that he laid out his plan. Now this is his first year at Clemson, what they were going to build, how they were going to reach blah, 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 blah. He had a detailed plan, and he worked out just like he said it would, what his intentions were. And I said then, I could ultimately see him back at his alma mater. Now, that's a possibility. It. What I love about Alabama is you're talking about all these guys like, like Debo, if you go out to Washington, Oregon, studs, people doing great. And... Um, they have the ability to put that job in front of these people, even though they have successful programs, and just like that, boom, they might jump. I think the guy that's getting the most traction is Dan Lanning at Oregon. I don't think the fan base wants Dabo, which is crazy, because I think in 2018 they would have jumped on Dabo immediately. But you look at the state of where Clemson is now and how Dabo doesn't Seem to love the transfer portal or, or NIL. He's a little quirky of an individual. Nick Saban is not that. Nick Saban might not be uh, forthcoming to all of the media members, but Nick Saban has personality. There's no way you can be in his position without personality and constantly be reloading. But I think they're looking at Dan Lanning as, as potentially the guy that they could uh, go out and get there. And I, I got to meet Dan, uh, Doc, uh, yeah. at the Fiesta Bowl. I quickly understood why – all of his players were playing. Didn't have to. Bonix didn't have to play in that Fiesta Bowl at all. He could go get ready for the NFL draft. I talked to Dan Lanning. I, I listened to his press conference for 10 to 15 minutes. I got to speak with him for about four or five minutes, and it was very apparent why all his players were playing. That dude is a player's coach. He would have. He nearly had me ready to put some pads on. He got crushed, but he nearly had me ready to put some pads on against my alma mater. It I was like no, nothing. No, that's why I'm tripping experience. off you right now. It's the holding slim. He was playing your people. He was playing my people, and I was like, oh, my God. Like, this guy, I I totally understood. Because if you remember, like, early in the season when they were playing Colorado, right, when Colorado was the talk of the town, and there was that video that came out during the pregame with his pregame speech, they're fighting for clicks, we're fighting for wins, and all that stuff, right? And you could tell that's a little fabricated. They put the cameras in there for that speech and all those things. But that's, like, really who that guy is. He is really that – he's that on it at all times. It was really impressive meeting with him and talking with him. Well, if he got to you and you've seen a lot of them, then that's uh, that's a good thing. I uh, The Pete Carroll deal, you know, when I first heard about it, Pete stepped down, I thought, wow, that's strange. This dude's the Energizer bunny. And then listening to the press conference, he was selling. And I knew then they allowed him an open mic. It was like open mic uh, at the club. And he he did a great job of selling. And letting everybody know. Um, Verbal, I like him a lot. I mean, I think he is one of the classiest guys. Again, he and Pete, 
I think the next obstacle for any defensive-minded people is going to be just that. It's a high hurdle in front of you because everything's trending towards you not being popular. Even though if you look at the Dallas Cowboys, who all jokes aside, they have a hell of a team. And to me, Dan Quinn is a rock star. Their defense is what I trust. Um, but again, it all works together. And I hear all the theories about and I love it. We're, we're in last place again. And I listen. I love listening to because you grow from everybody's opinions. You can get something from everybody, from everything everybody says. And they're saying, yeah, but if we get this guy and then we win and, we're, and then we lose him, how good would that feel? To not be in last place, to win and be in first place, and you happen to lose a coach. Can you believe that? I think Dan Quinn. Crazy. I think Dan Quinn takes the Seattle job. You think so? Uh, yeah, remember he was the guy behind the Legion of Boom, LOB. That's right. Go That's back right. there, and they got some. They got some dudes, man. Witherspoon, oh, that guy's yeah. a dude. He, I mean, yeah. I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna force your hand here. But if we were to dish out a couple canine passes to people outside of our team, yeah, I'd give one to Witherspoon. That guy's a dog. Yeah. Well, I think he'd take it. I think he'd walk in the room, just come take it out <laughs> your hand. No, I like him. I like the way they approach football. They remind me of like like Ravens 2.0. There's a real seriousness about how they approach football. They remind me so much of under Joe Gibbs in the area. You've got the 12th man. You know, you've got a crowd, you've got defense. they got everything. They re- and they appreciate special teams. It's just, it's nice. They really are. But the quarterback situation there, that's the part where you got to scratch your head. It's the same thing I can't think about Tennessee without thinking, what would it have been like had Vrabel hit once with the quarterback? They had Jim Brown at Brunt. I mean, they had everything else, the offensive line, before they had a rash of injuries. I can tell you what the last two weeks has said to me. You have got to be able to create depth within your roster, and you cannot do that if your assistant coaches are average. Let me repeat that. You have got to be able to develop depth, 53-man strong, which means if you're only living off your starters, you're on an egg beater. Eventually, you're going to run out. People get hurt in this game. It's NASCAR with cleats. So look at the teams. Look at how many backup quarterbacks are playing now, and the good teams win with them. It's not an excuse to them. The reality is that there isn't an excuse for anything. Nobody cares if your people get hurt or whatever. Man up. Your 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 salary base isn't hurt, injured. So I go, well, why aren't people developing? Because the individual coaches, they're not getting enough. It's like having an average teacher. You don't reach your maximum. Whether it's English, lit, Spanish, whatever. You just don't because they don't have the ability to help you get better. So you stay stuck on stupid. Then somebody goes down. And guess what? You're not ready. You're not ready. So if we went down and we were able to vet, let's just pull the curtain down and evaluate each and every assistant within these organizations. There, my friend, would reveal where the perpetrators hang out. If you can't help, and this is an asset, I'm giving you a guy I'm paying money to to go in your room four or five days a week, and you help, we hear this buzzword, develop him. Well, hey, what do you think, didn't they? Were people developed? It's been a long, long time since people have been developed in this organization. Okay, thank you. So you can, let's, let's stop beating around the bush. Not only do you need a right head man, you need everybody at the highest level possible. That they can do. And then not everybody is a good communicator. Not everybody is a good teacher. Let's stop acting like because I give you a hat and a sweatshirt and a whistle around your neck. That does not mean you're a good coach.
So how do we measure it? How do you measure it? How do we know? Well, look at the position. Is the position producing? Are your DBs producing? Are they getting better? What grade do you give your linebackers? How'd you grade the, your D-line? How'd you grade your pass rush? We lost two guys. When's the last time anybody got close to the quarterback? In five weeks. You know now, the perfect way to grade this pass rush, Doc? Yep. The guy that led the team in sacks hasn't played for the team <laughs> since Halloween. <laughs> Hello. Yeah, okay. I'm just saying. We can do this any way you want to do it. But in honor of the coach, let's stick to the facts. And the facts are we weren't good enough. We need better teachers and we need better students. We need everything stripped, brass knuckled, build up, and go. And it's going to be interesting as to what wins. And I'll tell you what, for every day another person is going to drop into the hat and is going to be a candidate. I like all the tough guys. You know, and you can break it down as to what you like it, what some guy should do, blah, blah, blah. Give me the toughest, honoriest person available. Because you got to get results. And in this era of cell phones and gadgets, I got to get somebody that has enough clout to get you to leave yours in the car and come give me two and a half hours of concentration. Not surfing the web or building your fantasy team or placing bets. I need you to get focused, and I'm convinced that the crappy staffs do not have the ability to capture the concentration needed by your players to actually do their damn jobs. Period. To that, we go to break. First break here on the Sheehan Show. DOC, Ditton Day, getting it done for you. All right, my friend, back in a moment. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Coach Sheehan on a uh, special assignment, and we do hope it is to give his input to the new ownership group here in Washington. And I think that it's uh, pretty smart on their part. We got goats come dropping out in the sky. I cannot believe it. Um, I, I just When I watched Nick Saban walk off the field against Michigan, I felt like, okay, Alabama will be in this a year from now. He got, they were a year ahead of schedule. And I could see the gleam and the smile. And he looked happy. Nick hardly ever looks happy. None of the badasses really ever look happy. I mean, it just, that's what makes him unique. But I saw him smile. There was a difference in him, didn't And I don't know, I mean, you cover college football far more intensely than I do. But I just saw something in him that I was proud that he was able to enjoy the game after a loss. Because usually he looks like he's one step away from suicide. I saw a different Nick Saban after that. And you said your intel told you you had an idea this was possible. 
Yeah, I mean, I'd heard some rumors he's getting up there. Nobody loves NIL and the transfer portal. Coaches hate that stuff. It makes their job immensely more difficult. But as I, like, look back at certain things, Doc, towards the end of the season, it was almost like he was giving us signs. And, of course, hindsight is twenty twenty. Now that he has retired, you can look back at some things and be like, oh, yeah, like, he was smelling the roses a little bit. Like, mm-hmm. Nick Saban doesn't look happy after losses, but he's walking off the field, and he's yeah. waving, and he has a smile. Exactly. Like, they just lost in – with a chance to, to go to the national championship and he's enjoying it. So like I can see now he was allowing himself. He's like being a, a real life human being, which I'm proud of him, but he's allowing himself to like enjoy that moment to where I, at, at first I was like, I don't know what he's doing. Why is he smiling like that? Yeah. You saw what you saw, what I saw. And it got me weird. Cause I think his quarterback, you look, I mean, I, you know, and none of us know, even as good as Caleb, Williams is there are no and I think the dude is spectacular but how often have we said this and gone through this and just because you're talented doesn't mean it's a good fit and so there's so many different factors and I, I've, I've given up on it. I said how do you, you can't pick it look at all man how many disappointments we have every year when it comes to this position quarterback because the way the system works out the most talented prospect ends up with the dumbest group of adults because that's why they're in the position to pick. You don't buy your way to the number one pick in the draft. You earn it through negligence and ignorance. And then we reward you with the crown jewel every year of college. You, you figure it out. And so all I can think of is Troy Aikman and Peyton Manning getting bludgeoned. If, they're, if they weren't such tough individuals, they'd be dead. That's what happens in most cases to the best quarterback in college football comes in to the dumbest group of adults and usually gets murdered. If you can survive that. But then there's the exception. When Patrick Mahomes was guarded and he had Smitty and you get a guy who's not an egomaniac, who's not a jerk to help bring you along I think if I could pick one that's what I would want to do so I say to you Denton Day what is your ideal situation for the future quarterback I mean I've been on the Jaden Daniels train since about November yeah I I just really love him and I'd love him to be here but I am realizing that it's likely going to be a Drake May or Caleb Williams I I don't know if Jaden Daniels is going to elevate himself to where this organization with a completely new regime that I mean, you know, fingers crossed we're going to to trust a little bit for their first go-around. They, they've given us no reason not to. But my uh, my imagination is it's going to be Drake May or, or Caleb Williams. And, um, look, if you got the right coaches around and you're not dumb about it, I, I do think you can make either one of those two work. I know this this fan base has a little bit of PTSD because the RG3 situation did not work out to the heights that we had all expected. But, you know, that was 12 years ago, Right. This completely new ownership group, completely new with just about every single p- uh, position in the building, football or non-football, right? Like, there's been so much turnover since then. So I do trust that whoever they end up picking is going to be the right guy for how they want to move this organization forward. I just hope, Doc, I, I just hope they don't put their their foot to the floor when it comes to the driving, right? Like, take it at the speed limit. There's no need to go, you know, 120 and a 55 here to uh, to expedite this rebuild process. Take it at the speed limit. Make sure you develop your quarterback so he could be here for 10 to 15 years and not two or three. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. It it, it is tough. Uh, I got a shout out, and I love this. Robert DeFox on X, he is so disappointed. He says, I mean, come on, Kev. You know what's going on today. We need your takes. I mean, he is just infuriated that you, but look, Robert, first of all, um, DD and I, we're not chopped liver. Let's get that straight. The second thing is that if the ownership group, let's just say this is legit or the rumor we got, and he was called on to utilize his superpowers, isn't that a positive? You agree, DD? 
I agree. I'm, I'm with yeah. you. I'm in the same boat. I mean, if that's the case, you can't. We got to share Kevin. You can't just hog him. I mean, get over it, and and we'll be, we'll be okay. Can we get Bonesy in? The ace, law, listen to live. Kicking it off, our leadoff man. Out the block, in a wreck. Ace Law helps you get a check. Call 888-ACE-LAW. Bonesy. What's going on, Doc Walker? Shout out to my main man, Jay. Man, I was just wanted to, man, give you brothers a shout out, man, and let you know, man, you know, uh, I heard a conversation yesterday between Fitton and, and Kevin Sheehan, and they were talking about Bobby Beckett, you know what I mean, and how, you know, uh, the people that, the fan base that's around here now, you know, they're not too familiar with Bobby Beckett, man, you know, and most of the fan base we got, right, is, uh, is current here, you know, all the original fan base, you know, that was around when Bobby Zephyr came through, you know, they're not here no more. You know, Bobby Zephyr was a hell of a general manager, right? And we need a general manager with the same kind of drive like Bobby Zephyr had, you know. And if we haven't had that around here, and when they brought Bruce Allen in, Bruce Allen was brought in because the cap space, you know, the cap space room that we had, man, they met, it was all a mess, man. They took this at the Cap was, uh, was messed up, man. They ain't had nobody doing the right thing with the contract and all that type of stuff. So they brought Bruce Allen in, you know, to sort of like straighten out the finances on the cap space, right? And that's what Bruce Allen's job was, but far as being a general manager or operations of, you know, or, or the president of operations, man, he didn't have none of that, man. He was just a mathematician, man, and that was it, man, you know. So, man, that's why, man, our team is in shambles now. We haven't had a good general manager, man, since Bobby Beckett, man, and Charlie Cassidy, man. That's all I wanted to say. Thanks for taking my call, guys. Peace. Appreciate it. Well, it's a good deal. We're going to get a lot of opinions today. Uh, Jeff Kerr of um, CBS Sports and my old <laughs> tag team partner <laughs> coming off the top ropes. The one and only Al Galdi from Galdi Worldwide, of course, his uh, famous podcast and all the things that Galdi does. And don't forget, didn't they? I'm going to go one-on-one with D.D. to try to tap into his expertise. That's college football. Stick and stay with us. Kevin Sheehan Show, D.O.C. and D.D. right here on Team 980. Big day for coaches across both college and the NFL in a span of 24 hours. Pete Carroll is out as the head coach of the Seattle Seahawks. Then Nick Saban announced his retirement as head coach of the University of Alabama. And early this morning, it was announced that the Patriots and Bill Belichick have agreed to part ways. That's three titans in the coaching space all done in a manner of about 24 hours. Some NBA news yesterday. Kawhi Leonard inks a massive extension with the Los Angeles Clippers. Three years, $153 million for the claw. And that's what's trending. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Doesn't get any better than this. Here on the Kevin Sheehan Show, DOC on the microphone, didn't they? Running everything down in studio. And we're joined now by, wow, what a big get. You know how many people in the country right now tried to get Al Galdi on? And he he said, nah, not happening. Because he was booked. 
on the Kevin Sheehan Show. And uh, my dog, back in prime time again. So, Denton, let's go at it, man. Let's see if the two of us can compete with Al Galdi. Brother Galdi, how are you, my friend? DOC, I was just hanging out with Josh Harris and Bob Myers and Rick Spielman. It's a good day, my friend. How are you? I am good. Which goat walking away surprised you most? Uh, well, I guess you'd have to say Nick Saban just because there's been so much out there about Bill Belichick. So the news this morning is big, but, you know, it's not really that surprising. But it really is something. I mean, Belichick, Carroll, Saban, all within a 24-hour period. You have the tie-in of Belichick and Saban, of course, having been on the same Cleveland Browns coaching staff years ago. You have, uh, I think, in Belichick and Saban, I mean, Belichick, best NFL head coach ever, Saban best college football head coach ever. Uh, It it really is nuts. I mean, I I almost wish that these things had been spread out a little more. I I feel like a lot's going to get lost in the shuffle here. Like there's almost too much happening in terms of like properly talking about and assessing the careers that these guys have had. But, you know, I think about Bill Belichick and in an era that was designed for dynasties to not happen because of free agency and the salary cap, that this guy had a dynasty really is something. And I know that some of the shine has come off the last few years with the lack of success without Tom Brady. But still, I mean, what Belichick did, the run that the Patriots had uh, was tremendous. And so I take even greater pleasure in the reality that Steve Spurrier beat Bill Belichick in 2003 as Redskins head coach. I find that hysterical, that Spurrier, for all of the bad that happened with him here, actually beat Belichick in 2003. And, Doc, we can say that Ron Rivera's final win as Washington head coach was over Belichick. That was the commander's last win this season. So go figure. Who knew? Uh, Galdi, since you were out there hanging out with Josh Harris, did your your plane pass Kevin's plane on the way when you were coming back up here? I know he's down in Miami hanging out too. Yeah, Kevin's plane is a lot bigger than uh, Josh's plane. But, uh, yeah, you, you know, Kevin's plane takes up a lot of airspace. They have, they have to actually ground other planes in order for Kevin's plane to make its way. you got to keep things safe, of course. But so you're talking about Belichick. Do you think that Josh Harris is going to, you know, at least take an interview with, with Bill Belichick? I know they've said they want to overturn every stone here. Well, I wouldn't have a problem with Josh having a conversation with Belichick, but I was reached out to by a source from uh, a source, I'll put it like this, close to the inner workings of the Harris Group months ago, and I talked about this on my podcast, there is no interest in Belichick. The Belichick stuff with the commanders is fake news, and others in the local media have said that. I think it's really odd and telling that all of the commanders' Belichick stuff is coming from national reporters. Not a single area reporter is fueling that. Um, So I I think that's something to keep in mind when it comes to the Belichick stuff. But, you know, what is happening with the commanders I think there is a lot of value in talking to a lot of people. Um, I like that, you know, there have been so many interviews already. You know, I think that does speak to the rapid but thorough approach that Harris is conducting. But I think there is tremendous value in sitting down with all of these smart, rising NFL front office executives and just hearing what they have to say about the team. So I would not have a problem with Josh sitting down with Bill Belichick. I don't know that that's going to happen. I mean, I would think, Belichick is not in the mood to do any like token interviews. Like he probably wants to only talk to teams that are serious about hiring him. Um, But yeah, I mean, there's always stuff that you can learn. And, you know, with the way that Washington's 2023 season is, there is a lot (laughs) that we need to learn. There's a lot that can be gained. So um, certainly if you can pick the mind of the greatest head coach ever, why not? But I I am not in favor of the commanders hiring him. Uh, for a lot of different reasons, most of which have been discussed, and uh, I don't expect Washington to try to hire. Yeah, it's going to be interesting in that you're right. You can steal so much intel. Uh, you, you, This is a, a really gathering time. And I've had on X today, so many people think that Kevin is either working on a mock draft or was he really called in for his expertise. It's almost like, and and none of us really know, all this know that it's all good. He could have been a book signing. But I think we're going to be better off because whomever we get right now is going to be sought after. You know, we're not just taking crumbs off the floor. This is going to be important. And there's so many different variants of how much talent we have. From 1 to 10, 
Gauls, can you rate what you think our level of talent is as we speak? Yeah, I would have given you a much higher number going into this season, uh, but I think one of the real negative aspects of this season was that it shined a spotlight on the talent not being what it should be. So if you're telling me to pick a number one to 10, I'd say like three or four. Like I think it's subpar talent. I think it's below average talent. And that doesn't mean that there isn't talent on this team. That doesn't mean that there isn't talent that can't be coached up better on this team. But I think to think that this season was as bad as it was solely because the coaching was bad. I I just, I'm not buying that. Like I think that we overvalued, some of the talent here and I think one of the real depressing aspects of the Ron Rivera era is what the player personnel ended up being which is really bad you know for, for a period of time you could make the case that the player personnel was at least okay but it cratered this year I mean, I mean the, the team this year had the third worst point differential in a regular season in Washington history minus 189 it's not just that the team went four and 13 it's that the team got smashed repeatedly and got smashed despite not being hit hard by injury and despite not facing an overwhelmingly difficult schedule. Like this season really was set up for the team to do pretty well. And instead the team fell on its face. And so, yes, a lot of that was coaching, make no mistake, but I think it'd be foolish to just dismiss the talent aspect of this. I think there is a talent upgrade that needs to happen. Uh, I think it's hard to feel great about any singular position group right now. Certainly you feel better about some versus others, but I think they all need work. Some need a lot of work. Some need total overhauls, and uh, yeah. I would expect that to happen. Would you? Uh, would you bring back Cam Curl next season? Uh, I would. I mean, it depends on the the cost. Uh, you know, I, I think what this season has shown us about Cam Curl is he's a good player. He's not a great player, and he's not worthy of like top of the market money for safety. Um, I think he's a solid, dependable safety. But, A, he doesn't make big plays, and while I think it's dangerous to assess player value solely by, like, takeaways generated because takeaways can be fluky, if you're going to pay big money to a defensive back, he does need to make some plays. Like, Ed Reed made a lot of plays as a safety, okay? So, like, you could look at him and say, well, having him on your team basically guaranteed X number of big plays per season. You don't get that with Cam Curl. Now, I think you do largely get solid play, but I think you have to factor in, like, he just does not make flash plays. And the other thing is, he was part of a secondary that was atrocious. Now, I don't put all of that on him, certainly, but, you know, I think it is worth mentioning that. Like, he was part of one of the worst units in the NFL this season, the Washington secondary. So, I'm all for bringing him back. I think Cam has demonstrated uh, an ability to play well. He also has demonstrated durability, which should not be underrated. Uh, But I'm not in the mood to pay him massive money. And uh, I I don't know even that he's going to be able to command the kind of money that he probably was wanting to command. Because, again, you know, he did not have the kind of season that screams, oh, my God, you got to pay this guy top of the market money. He'll get a decent contract, and he should. But uh, I'm not uh, looking to pay him top of the market money. Yeah, I can't disagree with you at all. Al Galdi of Al Galdi Worldwide here on the Kevin Sheehan Show. Doc Walker didn't day in here holding up uh, the hardware. I wanted to get your evaluation of the quarterbacks coming out. What camp has Galdi International decided to put their chips behind? Caleb, Drake, Daniels, Penix, McCarthy. Do you have a leader in the clubhouse? Well, I think in terms of pure talent and upside, I think Caleb Williams is the guy. Now, I think there's a lot of due diligence that always has to happen with this stuff. And so I think the next few months are going to be really telling in terms of finding out about these guys as people. But just looking at what Caleb Williams can be, looking at what he has been when he has been at his best, boy, I mean, it is hard (laughs) to turn down that kind of talent and that kind of upside. Uh, But look, I like Drake May a lot, and I think it's really interesting that more and more you are hearing people say that it's possible that Drake May will be the QB1 in this draft and not Caleb Williams. Now, I wonder sometimes if maybe that's Caleb Williams' fatigue, that people – it's been this, like, foregone conclusion for so long that Caleb is a QB1 that now people want to take a contrarian approach. But I think there's a lot to like about Drake May. I I thought this really stood out. So Albert Breer of the MMQB, he a few weeks ago wrote about this, how in talking with multiple NFL executives, they rank Williams and May – as the second and third best quarterbacks in an NFL draft 
since 2021. So Trevor Lawrence is number one. But if you rank all the quarterbacks in NFL drafts 2021 through this quarterback class, it would be Lawrence one, Williams two, May three. So I think that tells you about at least the perception from some NFL executives about Williams and May. Now, look, you have to uh, mention the caveat of NFL executives are wrong about quarterbacks a lot. So I, I do recognize that. Uh, but, yeah, I think there's a lot to like with both guys. I think the upside for Williams is greater than any quarterback in this draft class. And I think a lot of this just comes down to what do you think about these people as people? You know, do they love football? Do they work hard? Is there drama that you're going to have to deal with with either guy or are both guys good people who you want in your building? And so that's to be determined. What do you think about uh, uh, Jaden Daniels? Is he in that conversation or are you kind of out on him? Uh, I'm not out on him. I am uh, intrigued by him, but I think he's a pretty clear number three. Like, I think you have a one and a two and then a gap, and then you have a three. And if you look at some of the advanced stuff with Jaden Daniels, he threw to a lot of wide-open pass catchers this season. Drake May, for instance, had a lot more tight window passes, so that's always something I think to keep in mind. But look, Jaden Daniels can play. We saw that. I certainly don't want to be dismissive of him. And, you know, inevitably, there always is a quarterback who is an extreme riser in the draft season. And that certainly could be Jaden Daniels because of the season that he had. Uh, because, let's be honest, I mean, there's not much uh, length for Williams or made a climb. Like, they're already where you want to be. So could Daniels be a guy whose stock surges as time goes on here? But, yeah, I, I think Daniels, for now, is the pretty clear number three. And, you know, I, I think what's going to be interesting is, okay, so Commander's getting a new football operations regime. Of course, what do they think about these people? And is it possible that the commander's new regime likes Daniels more than most and maybe trades down, gets Daniels, and picks up assets? And so the commanders in the draft get the quarterback but also get a bunch of assets via that number two overall pick. I don't see that as likely. I think what's probably going to happen is that we stay at two and take Williams or May, whoever's left over. But uh, there's enough there with Jaden Daniels to where I don't think it's inconceivable that his stock really rises in the coming months. Okay, then let's take that from the quarterback to the head coach. Who do you think ultimately will be the head coach of the commanders? Because I think that might influence who is selected with the number two pick. Yeah, I mean, it's so hard to say this without knowing the head of football ops, but if I had to venture a guess, I would say Ben Johnson. I'm going to swing big here. I think the commanders are swinging big, and I think it's very possible that they end up connecting. I think there is a ton that Washington has going for right now with all of the offseason resources, with the new ownership, with the number two overall pick. And, you know, if the commanders get, say, Adam Peters to run football ops, I don't know the extent to which there is a relationship between Peters and Johnson. And so something like that is going to matter, right? If you're Ben Johnson, you're this white-hot head coaching candidate, you want to go to a situation to where you feel comfortable with whoever your boss is. So, you know, where are Peters and Johnson at? Where are whoever ends up running commanders football ops and Johnson at? Wild card question, we don't know. But Something to think about is, you know, you're Ben Johnson, you come here, you're going to be with a team with all of this cap space, you're going to be with a team, five picks in the top 100 in the draft. I don't know how much this matters, but Ben Johnson, and I'm sure many people listening know this, he was a walk-on quarterback at North Carolina. So if the commanders took Drake May at two, you'd have this like perfect setup of a former Carolina quarterback coaching a guy who just came out of Carolina. So, you know, you'd have that connection to whatever extent that matters. And You know, what we're seeing with Josh Harris is he's very aggressive in getting people here. Like, I think with the Adam Peters thing, it's really telling. Adam Peters last offseason turned down interviews from the Titans and Cardinals. Here we are now this week, day one of the offseason, the commanders requested permission to speak with Peters. And day two, Peters granted that interview, right, Tuesday night at the Josh Harris residence in Florida. So I think the appeal of the commanders is real. Like Adam Peters is the Ben Johnson of executives this off season. He was, he was interested enough in Washington to take that interview so quickly. So I don't think it's far fetched to say that the commanders swing big and connect and get say Peters and Johnson. Uh, But of course there's a lot to be determined. It didn't. Dan landing landing is in Alabama. <laughs> Meet without, I mean, what is it? Has it been 24 hours yet? 
could we say that this deal was already known? Uh, landing to Alabama? I mean, I think he's I think in so. Alabama now. He's in he's Alabama. He's talking now. to him as we speak. I think there were some calls made ahead of time. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Okay. All right. Uh, Galdi, is there any of the name like we got uh, bombarded? It felt like with names of who's being interviewed for head coach and, and assistant or general manager. Is there any name that stuck out to you that you that you maybe don't want? Uh, not really, no. Because what I want are people who are young and rising, and every front office guy whose name has come up is young and rising, and every head coach who's come up, save I guess for Jim Harbaugh, is young and rising, but. As far as I've seen, only one person has reported on the commanders in Harbaugh. That was Jordan Schultz of Bleach Report. I have not seen anyone else say that the commanders reached out to Harbaugh. So the extent to which Washington is interested in Jim Harbaugh remains kind of unclear. But I think the way to go with this is to get the next big thing, not the previously great thing. That's why I don't want Bill Belichick. You know, I don't want you know Pete Carroll. I don't want uh, a guy who has had maybe a lot of success and should be respected, but I think the way to do this is you get the next great thing. Like, you want that next great combo of front office guy, head coach guy. Hopefully they are in alignment in concert. And, you know, it's onward and upward with those guys. And I think that it's very telling that all of the candidates who've come out so far, like I said, save for Harbaugh, are young, rising names, you know, smart, forward-thinking people. Um, you know, the one thing that I had thought was I really want an offensive-minded head coach. I do still feel that way. But I'm not, I am open to the defensive-minded coach. Like, I don't think you just slam the door shut on that because there are some impressive defensive-minded head coaching candidates. You think about a Mike McDonald. And, you know, you look around the NFL, say like the Houston Texans, defensive-minded head coach D'Amico Ryans, but a really good offense this season with Bobby Sloak as the OC. And, oh, by the way, right, quarterback taken with a number two overall pick in a draft. So I, I don't think, like, there's one way that this has to be preference would be for the offensive-minded head coach but you know like look at the AFC playoff picture there are a number of defensive-minded coaches in the AFC playoffs this postseason so you can do it more than one way it doesn't have to be you know one particular way no no gripes for me didn't I I just I mean we've hit every stone for the most part with the exception uh you know I always think about those three positions left tackle quarterback, and rush in. Pressure guy. We went pressure-less after giving up our two Greyhounds. What is your number one concern defensively? Well, the number one issue with the defense this season was the giving up of the explosive play. So what I think has to be attacked is preventing the explosive play. Now, you can do that, of course, in a variety of ways. One is what you just talked about, which is generating more pressure. And there's no question this team needs to be better in that regard. Wasn't good enough in that regard, even with Montez Sweat and Chase Young, which is interesting. I think something worth studying. Uh, But, yeah, I, I think the defense is in need of an entire overhaul. I think the secondary needs to be rethought and redone. The defensive front certainly needs to be rethought and redone. I think everything should be on the table. That includes trading Jonathan Allen. That includes trading Deron Payne. I'm not giving them away, okay, but I'm open to anything here. I'm not married to any player on this team with how bad this past season was, okay? Like, I think you have to be open to anything here. Um, especially, by the way, with John Allen having a pretty favorable contract, zero guaranteed money moving forward. So there is so much to think about with the defense, and I don't know that you can fix it in one offseason, but I do know this. You can certainly get some better players, and you can certainly get (laughs) some better coaching, okay? And those two things could make for the defense at least being decent next year, and and I think that's got to be the hope. Um, What happened with the defense this season was embarrassing, it was inexcusable. It should have never happened. And I, I think there almost should be like studies done on what happened with this defense because there's no good reason for this. Again, the team wasn't hit hard by injury, certainly on defense. It's not like the team faced a murderer's row of opposing quarterbacks, and yet the defense was atrocious. And, you know, it made me laugh. I heard some people say, like, well, the defense got better when Ron Rivera took it over after firing Jack O'Neill. <laughs> no, it didn't. No, it didn't. The defense was terrible the rest of the season. Gaming, the Jets, who are horrible, the Jets ran over us in 
that game in terms of the rushing offense that was done by the Jets in that game. So, like, no, the defense was bad no matter who the coordinator was this season. Uh, Al, final question from me. This one, I'm going to be a little uncultural here, Doc, so I apologize. But, Al, one of, my biggest, one of my biggest missions over the past, like, three weeks is to get Kevin, a non-wrestling fan, to watch the movie Iron Claw. Have you had the opportunity to see the Iron Claw yet? I haven't. I've heard good things. Uh, uh, you know, I was a little, um, not scared of the movie, but I was a little worried about the movie because, as I'm sure you know, and people who know wrestling know, the Von Erich story is a very complicated, multi-layered story with, like, one depressing occurrence after another. And I, I was fearful of, is the story going to be properly told in a movie? But from what I understand, it actually is done pretty well. So I am looking forward to seeing the movie. Um, I, you know, I, I've seen some really good documentaries on the Von Erichs. I've read a lot about the Von Erichs. Uh, so to answer your question, I've not seen the movie, but I do want to see it, and I've actually heard good things about it. Well, good deal. Well, if you have a premiere, uh, let us know, Galls, and we'll be there with you. Yes, absolutely. I will. And uh, maybe Kevin will let us sit at least in the back row. We'll see. Well, if he lets us in, yeah. yeah, that, yeah. That, I can't promise you that. Thanks, brother. Hey, thank you very much. Appreciate it. As Coach would say, D.D., Al Galdi, simply one of the best. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 